Now, if you've been listening lately, you probably know that I'm taking a little bit of sabbatical on my podcast, but that doesn't mean I stop recording new people. That's what I'm going to be doing today. And I can't wait to introduce you to the person that I have because she is someone I met on her podcast. And when you hit it off like gangbusters on someone's podcast, the best thing you can do is turn right around and say, hey, I would love to have you on mine. And that's exactly what happened with this lovely and talented person. Her name is Tara Lynn Michelle, and I want to welcome you to the Nonfiction Brand Podcast, Tara Lynn. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. And that intro, that's a groove. I like that. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny what you can do with GarageBand when you don't want to pay someone else to actually do the music. See? <laughs> yeah. And you've got just a little bit of ability. I won't say talent, but I will say ability. But anyway... I wanted to have you on this podcast because I really enjoyed getting to know you better on your podcast, The Grind Defined. Let's go into that right away with what does The Grind Defined actually mean? Well, my tagline is always define your grind and never let the grind define you. And that's because I think many of us with our challenges and adversity, we can tend to be focused on the challenge and what it feels like, the weight of it. But at the end of the day, I believe that everything that's hard serves a purpose for something really good on the other side. So the Grind Define is all about substance and some tools to help people to not focus on the weight of what you don't like, but to look for the lesson on the other side. of. Oh, man, this is so timely, because as I alluded to at the beginning of this podcast, I'm taking a little bit of sabbatical from it, because I'll be honest, 200 episodes, close to four years, every single Monday having a new podcast episode come out meant every single Saturday I spent editing the podcast. And I don't know about you with your podcast, but in aggregate, if I look at all the time it takes to put out an episode, you know, everything from scheduling guests to doing a little bit of marketing via social media on the podcast, all that stuff, it turns out to be about eight to 10 hours per episode. Now, if you're working a 40 hour work week, that's one quarter of your work week dedicated to a podcast that you're probably doing in addition to the 40 hours you're already putting in. So when you talk about the grind, that's kind of how I felt, which is when I got to the episode number 200, I'm like, you know what? The grind is defining me, to put it in your words, and I need to take a little bit of time out. And I don't want to call it me time, but actually, I believe you have a concept that relates to what you might call self-care or me time or however you want to define it. You know, so obviously I'm taking a little bit of a break, but yeah. is, is that what you mean by your concept of, um, I forget what it's called. What, what is it called? Overall, let's, let's stick with the grind there for a minute because that's what you're describing and that reset and connectedness to a foundation of why you even started. You know what I'm saying? So, you can get to a space with 200 episodes. First of all, congratulations on that. That's 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 pretty insane. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty insane. That's good stuff. But clearly you were connected and passionate and dedicated with what it is that you're doing. But after a while of the same routine and doing things, it can kind of become just something like a monotonous thing that's on autopilot. And you can get disconnected from the reason why you did it in the first place. And so you reconnecting, it, it, when it comes to your grind, it could be a reconnection. People call it me time. It could be different things that they call it. But 
I always liken it to getting back to the foundation and focus of why you're doing it so that you can stay connected to the joy. And then that's where that continued growth comes in and you feeding people with what it is that you do, because you definitely do. I read your book. You feed people (laughs) with what it is that you do. I, I tell you, Tara Lynn, you are a tonic for the soul because you don't know this, or we may have talked about it a little bit on your podcast, but I wrote that book during the first year of COVID. And I actually started it before COVID shut everything down because I came back from social media marketing world with kind of a, 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 a fire under my butt to write a new book because one of my friends had a new book and I had that kind of author's jealousy of, oh, you got a new baby? Oh, all of a sudden I want a new baby too. And I forgot the pain of that first baby. So I'm ready for a new one. And so when I came back, I decided because I was, I had a very firm foundation. I was ignited by my purpose. I knew exactly what I wanted to say. So I started writing that book live on social media, 300 nights from what was it? March 7th through December 31st of 2020. And I got it up for publication on January 1st of 2021. That was me just running that purpose, running that passion. But let me tell you, that was a that was a lift. And then I started a full-time job after being a successful freelancer, et cetera, four days after my book was public. So all of a sudden, talk about grind. It was grind, 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 grind. And I feel, yeah, frankly, I feel a little bit ground down. So hearing you talk about, hey, wait a minute, stop smell a few roses and re-examine the foundation that is the thing that actually ignited that passion in the first place. I didn't know that's that's what I'm doing right now, but that's exactly what I'm doing right now. And you know what? Your your book, it feels divinely aligned in that it's kind of like so many people are searching for that passion, that thing. They want that fire to just I'm looking for that. They experience other people's passion. Your book is like that. When I was reading your book, I could tell that, you know what, this is something that is all inside this person. This is heart and soul. This is not just something that is, you know, in terms of a procedure, go from A to Z. It's not about that. This is somebody who's really passionate about this. And then when you talk about the time frame in which you were able to draft your manuscript and have your book published, that's the reason why it hits so powerfully. And if more people who are searching for their passion would understand that it's really not something you have to look for. Your passion with what you do with nonfiction brand clearly is something that's been a part of you for quite some time. There are so many people searching for that something and actually we already have it. It's just taking a moment to connect to the fact that this means a lot to me and so I'm going to explore it. Money aside, it's not about money. The money will come, (laughs) honestly. Anything that is an innate gift of ours, we can definitely make a living off of it. But if you never connect to it because you're looking for money first, you just did this because, hey, you felt like this is a need. This is something that I understand. And it's so good. You had people validate you from our conversation. You had people validate you on how good it was before you even understood how good it was. And you just decided to share it. You know, so I think that's what that divine alignment is. That's what allows us to really connect to that passion and put it out there. So now that you're unplugging and you're decompressing from it, when you let the smoke clear, smell those roses, just bask in the greatness that is Canutin land. When you get done doing all that and come back, 
it's like a fresh set of eyes. It's like if you had a lens for your life that was cracked. Everything that you see through it is going to be slightly distorted. But if you get that repaired, then now everything's going to be clear. Your lens is going to be clear. And now it'll feel completely and totally different because you're disconnected from the work. You've had some time to relax and now take a fresh revisit to what you've done to get you to this space a while back. So, yeah, I think it's a I'm excited for you, DP. Tara Lynn, what you said that I really resonated with or it resonated with me was that when people are looking for something, you don't have to look. You have to. I'm going to use my own words, discover or rediscover or uncover that which is already there. And yeah. I'm like, hallelujah, absolutely. Because as you know, I'm, I'm all about branding, whether it's personal branding, small business branding, or huge business products and service branding. You don't make stuff up. You don't do fiction branding. You do nonfiction branding. You tell the truth about who you are, what you do, and how you do it. But you use the tools of branding so that other people can understand who you are, what you do, and how you do it. It's about discovering and, well, I'll take the subtitle of my book, Nonfiction Brand, Discover, Craft, and Communicate the Completely yes. True, Completely You brand you already are. And that's the key right. point, you already are. So when you talk about people not having to look around and find something, they already have it within, and they have to discover it. And from what I understand, that's kind of the core of your offerings as a coach and mindset mentor. Can you talk us through what you do and who best you serve? Absolutely. Well, I'm a certified spiritual mindset coach. And when people hear that, they're like, wait a minute, what, what in the world does that mean? <laughs> and what it means is when it comes to a spiritual mindset, a lot of what we've been talking about, we're talking about this connection to things within ourselves. There is a mindset that makes this possible. I think all of us visit that space every now and again, but that vulnerability piece, that truthfulness, when you talk about nonfiction branding, that's not only the, the discovery is one piece, but actually being able to trust what you find within you. A lot of us are challenged with trusting that part of us, especially when we're still getting to know it, when we don't quite know how it works because maybe we haven't spent enough time there to cultivate whatever skills we may have in that area. So as a spiritual mindset coach, my secret sauce, my gift is to be able to connect to people and see those cracks within the foundation of their spiritual mindset, help them to take the journey to discover what that foundation is and then start to work on the truth of who they are, aside from what beliefs you had when you were a kid, aside from different things that are socially acceptable in society, but are maybe not you know, resonating well with us consistently and over the long term in our life. There's a whole lot of baggage and things that we bring into adulthood. My job is to help people connect to that, get that solid foundation for themselves, and then now start to erect who they are based on their truth trusting that truth and just allowing your light to shine. And I like how you did when you started writing your book. I love the fact that you continually use the word foundation because I believe everything needs to be founded on a secure, for lack of a better word, foundation that's based on the absolute truth of who you are, what you do, and how you do it. But here's the thing that I, you've kind of mentioned, which is that a lot of people, because they're looking at themselves through a lens that is cracked because you don't see yourself necessarily the way other people do. 
And I don't know if you do this as part of your practice, but one of the things I do when I work with people on their brands is I don't just ask them questions about themselves, but I'll reach out to the people who know them best, who've worked with them the longest time. And I'll ask questions about what is the single thing that you most appreciate about this individual or this company or this service or this product. And the funny thing is the answers to that question rarely align between the person who's being branded and the people yeah. who actually buy their services or choose to engage with them. Why? Because, well, you know, for me, I'm a writer, right? And people have said I do a pretty good job writing. They must like me for my writing. And the reality is, no, everybody said, yeah, yeah, you're a fine writer. But that's like saying to a, a fine carpenter, you're good with a hammer. I really like your <laughs> hammering. It's like, no, hammering is just the tool you use. In my case, writing is the tool I use. But what I like about your writing is something much more deep, much more foundational about who I am as a person. Do you find that true yourself, that people answer one way, but the people who know them best answer an entirely different way when asked that question about what is the single most important thing that they can do for you? 100%. I agree with that 100%. And, and that is something that I like to do too. There's the one conversation that you're having with the client, and then it's always helpful to get how they're received by other people. Because what I've learned is a lot of the times what we affix as being our identity is kind of loaded. A whole lot of it is based on things that we want to become or things that we want to accomplish. A lot of the times my clients, I'll notice that there's a disconnect from your value exactly where you are right now. I mean, there's always going to be goals and other things that we want to do, but that disconnect from the value of who you are to other people right now. That's the part that I love about my job. Those light bulb moments where things connect for them and they're like, wait a minute, I didn't even realize that that was something that was amazing about me, that that was something that was valuable for me, that that was something that meant something to other people. So just in talking to you, it makes perfect sense when we're talking about someone establishing a one, a one of one, like you said in your book, the brand to be one of one, establishing that one of one brand for themselves and you helping them to establish what is valuable about their identity, what they bring to the table that people who would work with them cannot live without and do not, cannot get enough of. That's so important, I think, in the realm of coaching for everyone. It, it, in some way, shape or form, we're helping people to connect to a deeper understanding of their value and to be comfortable with that. Because I know, like for me, I'm a professional ghostwriter. I'm a coach as well, a professional ghostwriter. They go together because I help people to navigate their lives with coaching, either just individually. And I also coach prospective authors, people with content creation for writing. And so when I'm helping them to navigate their stories via individual or if they're doing things to write, getting to get them to see that there's a larger picture of you that you don't see because a lot of the times it's blocked off with us trying to connect to an image of who we think we are. There's who you like to be and there's who you actually are. And so getting to those spaces, it's always, it's, it's fun for me because I, I know when the light comes on, it's going to be blinding. It's always fun for me. But I, is that something that you can relate to? Getting your client to see that, hey, 
this is what's dope about you. And this is what's going to be marketable. And this is your area of being one of one. You know, that space in the coaches is is invaluable. That's the the natural high for me. Yeah. And and the beauty of it, too, is it's 100% true. We're not looking for the most marketable version of something you think you might want to be. Unfortunately, we've lived in a society where the term fake it till you make it has been embraced by a whole lot of people. And actually, Terrilyn, you're helping me write my next book because as I was thinking about that, I was thinking fake it till you make it. No, people need to see it. No, people need to be it till they see it. And that's the key thing. DP, that's so close to what's in my book. Oh my gosh. I I had, why fake it till you make it when you could be it and live free in it? See, great minds think alike, but it's because we're talking about the same thing from slightly different points of view. Obviously, I'm a, I don't want to say too old a white guy here in the United States of America, but you're a a lovely black lady who's living in a different part of the country. And yet we're coming from entirely different perspectives. And yet we're not because we are both about discovering what is truly authentic, not the authenticity other people are talking about, but the actual truth of what you are. And one of the things that I think we talked about on your podcast was that sometimes people go, well, what I do isn't really brandable. And I go, what do you mean? And they'll say, well, you know, I'm a project manager and project managers are kind of like replaceable. I go, oh yeah, is that true? Do you think that NASA just treats individual project managers as just get me a project manager. When push comes to shove and human lives are on the line, they have the very best person slotted in to be that lead for a reason. They deserved it. Why? Because they are absolutely what you need for that thing. On something else, maybe it's a non-man space flight, Maybe you don't need that same type of project manager for an unmanned mission to Mars, but you need someone else that might have a technical level up compared to that other project manager. So you're telling me that project managers can't be branded to the point that people say, no, I don't want him. I want her. If any manager has ever said, no, I don't want him. I want her. They know exactly the value of brand because they understand what that person does and they're buying that person's brand, what they bring to the table. Consequently, that's what is critically important about an understanding about yourself. What is yeah. it that other people will go out of their way to buy, to engage with, to prefer, to evangelize, to recommend? Because let me tell you, I'm not everybody's cup of tea. And yet the people who get me get me to the point where they go, oh, you have to read his book. You have to listen to this podcast. You have to have him on stage at your event. The people who get me, you can write this down. The people (laughs) who get me is a very small subset of humanity. That's why I'm species fishing. I'm not casting a net. I'm throwing out a lure for very specific people in everything I do. Why? Because I've identified the species of human that I can best serve. It's not the ones that I want to take advantage of. No, it's the ones I can best serve. There are plenty of people I would instantly say, you know what? I don't think I'm for you. Why? Because the way I serve, it might be too hot for your taste. Right, right. And that is so important. When you know who you are and you've 
allowed yourself to, I know there had to be a point in time before you came to where you are now, that even when you knew who you were, now it's being comfortable with that and presenting that to people. And it's not quite refined yet. And what the freaking heck did I say that for? You know, all these crazy kinds of things. But you can be specific with who you want to serve because you're clear about who you are, what you do, and how you're best going to be able to support someone. But people don't understand that in order to connect to that passion, we have to allow our space to get that type of certainty and comfort in who we are. Because you're right, as a coach, I decline people all the time. Not because I don't think that they're they're great cases or that I couldn't support them in some kind of way. But at the end of the day, it's not about me. It's really about them. And I'm very black and white. I'm very upfront. And, and I don't feel like sugarcoating. No, 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 no. But what? I'm always going to be respectful. But I think that if we just deal with things as they are, we're going to progress a whole lot faster and get you to practically applying and living in the space that you want to live in right now. We don't have to wait three years, you know? So I com- what you're saying completely and totally resonates with me, but it's that, it's that journey that our clients have to be open to, that uncomfortable space that you're going to tap in. When they get to me or you, they have what they have in mind. And then once we start to talk, they realize, okay, this is something a whole lot different than what I think I was signing up for. <laughs> but those who are the perfect fit, they're in it. They're like, yes, let's do this. That's the type of situation that I like. The, the, I, I like people who welcome the discomfort because they're more encouraged by and excited about the possibility of what could lie on the other side. That's the thing that gets me. And that's, look, I, I have to say this to everybody watching. So DP, I read his book and I was like, okay, where in the world can I leave a review for this book? So he, he tells me where I can leave the review for the book. So I left the review for the book. <laughs> he sends me an email. I don't remember exactly what it was you said. So I'm paraphrasing here with just the energy that I got from it. And he was like, oh, wow, I didn't know what to say. And it seems like you're being honest. So, okay. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> no, no, no. What I, what I said was, thank you for doing it. I'm so pleased with what you said, but I mentioned specifically your sincerity in writing That's it. Right. I could tell your comments were sincere because I've had other people, they wrote reviews like they didn't read the book, but they're my right. friends or something. It's like, DP's a great guy and he wrote a good book. Okay, well, thank you very much for that, and I do appreciate it, but it's, it was not like what you did, which was you went in and you actually demonstrated who you are and the depth of your caring about someone you've engaged with, and you yeah. went the extra mile to say not only did you enjoy the book, that you had read it, but you had pulled out specific things that you wanted to point out, and all I can say is if you've ever had, oh, okay, I used to do theater, right? Mm-hmm. The dreaded thing at the end of a show that you weren't in, but you saw a friend in, you'd go backstage and you'd go, you'd smile at him, you thumbs up and you'd say, good show. Right. Which is code for, I didn't really like it all, but I'm here to support you. And you can just smell it. I would rather have a, a, a truthful conversation with someone who would come back and say, you know what? There were parts of it that were interesting, but the tempo was terrible. Right. Because then I would go, oh, okay, we're on the same wavelength, which is, I know something's wrong about this. I can't put my finger on it. Oh, you are now acting as what I think, you used the word coach earlier. 
What people don't understand is that a coach is 50% pat on the back and 50% kick in the butt. You got to have both. And again, stylistically, that doesn't mean you have to be mean or abusive right. or anything like that. But if your coach is just giving you back rubs, you're not getting the right kind of coaching. You need to have a little bit of accountability coming your way. And I see you agreeing with me. Can you go into that from your perspective? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that's the thing. I come across a lot of people who are throwing money. They've had coaches before, so they don't, they don't have a problem paying people. But it's like, if I give you money, that's going to fix things. And I don't, I don't do this to take people's money. You know, I do this. If we're not getting results, then there's something wrong with what it is that I'm doing. And I never want that to be an experience with a client. And so I've had a couple people. It actually helped me to come up with this intake process that I do specifically for this reason. But I've had a couple people who I've taken on. And then the moment there is that accountability piece, that is that, you know, if there's something that you're supposed to be coming back to the next session with, if it's homework, if it's a project that we're doing together, specifically if I'm working with authors, I have a couple of different ways in which I work with authors. So if I'm working with you, we have a deadline and we're supposed to be getting your manuscript together and you're supposed to have something completed for me and you didn't, it's not like, well, oh, just yay. And it's like, okay, well, why? Like for real, because you're wasting time. I'm we're on target for this date, you know, so I am that person who's going to tell you straight up, hey, are you distracted? Because I feel like you're not connected completely to me in this project. Let's talk about what's going on in your life. Some people don't like that. They just want to pay you money. They just want to show up, say that they have a coach and that's like it. And so I'm really big on accountability. I'm the most loving supportive coach that anyone can ever have. But anytime I take you on, it's because I a million percent believe in you. A million. And I know that you are going to kill it. And I'm going to give you everything that you need. I over deliver. I'm going to give you everything that you need to kill it because I get so passionate. I just get going, you know. But it's because I believe in the people that I work in. It's because I respect the people that I work with that I just will not tolerate you showing up giving me money and you're just, excuse the French, want to be half-assed with what you're doing. I just, I won't take it, you know? And so a lot of people, that's not what they want. And it blew my mind that, so you prefer to have a coach to take your money and know that you're not going to accomplish anything, but just get paid as opposed to somebody who truly believes in you. They're invested, devoted, excited to be like, yes, this is my client. You don't want that person, but some people just do not. They don't want that accountability and responsibility piece. And I can't believe in you more than you believe in yourself. So I get it when you, when you talk about, you know, some people are not the best fit because that is the truth. It's funny. I, I'm laughing because of the timing of our conversation today, because I just had a, a potential engagement with somebody who wanted to develop their personal brand, et cetera, blah, 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 blah. They read the book. They've listened to the podcast. They came out of the way to contact me to say, hey, I think you're the person to help me, which I'm like, great. We do the kind of initial call and things are going well, but I'm kind of getting a, I don't know, a vibe. Mm -hmm. And so at the end of it, I say, okay, here's the typical questionnaire I use. And I use it for big businesses, small businesses, products, services, individuals. It's the same questionnaire 
Obviously, it's going to be a little bit focused a little bit differently when it comes to the time of actually talking about the answers to the questions and what they mean and stuff. But it's the same thing. Why? Because over 25, 30 years, I've discovered that this is the stuff that reveals what I like to call the grains of gold. Those individual grains of gold need to be gathered together to create this big nugget of absolute truth, gold, wisdom about yourself. And from there, you can then craft the piece of presentation jewelry that you use and wear every day of your life, proudly presenting it to the world because it's absolutely true based on who you actually are. Yeah. And the funny thing is the person who got that, I don't know, eight page, probably 75 question questionnaire said, oh, this feels like it's too much for big brands and it's not exactly targeted towards personal brands and so i'm i'm gonna go elsewhere or whatever and i'm like fine because you don't get it if you aren't right. branding yourself the same way the big brands do you're not branding yourself you're trying to put on some type of shell that you think works or, or i don't know what it is but if the fit wasn't there i'm not about forcing the fit but if when it comes to what you're talking about which is doing the diligent work, the diligent digging, the diligent pain, you know, that, that you might have to feel to actually discover this stuff, you're getting a false product or an incomplete product, you know, yes. or what a lot of people do is say, here's your checklist, do these eight things and you're done. It's like, that's not the way I roll. And I sense it's not the way you roll either, Tara Lynn. No, there is no cookie cutter way to do this stuff. I mean, you can. I mean, what, what, when I think about it, the, the type of work that I do with authors, they've never seen it done the way I do it before. You know, first of all, it's kind of like how we're doing. It starts off. Many people come to me because they're trying to get that clarity. They're trying to decide what's the true north for this? What's the message that I want people to take away? But in doing that, you have to understand who you are going into this project. And so a lot of them are expecting for it to be something cookie cutter. Hey, like they've seen the things, write your book in 30 days or 60 days. And there's groups, classes of people to do these things. And I'm not knocking that. That works for some people, depending on where they are. But the people that I work with, what I do is very specific. And it's not cookie cutter because everyone's unique. What works for this vein might not work for the next person. And I think that sometimes we're trying to keep up with the Joneses, looking and seeing what everybody else is doing. Luckily for you, DP, you just hit your stride and you had divine alignment. And when you saw your friend was an author, you was like, yeah, I'm going to be one too. And it was actually the right timing for you. So you just flowed with it. But that doesn't happen most times. It doesn't happen like that. So some people, because they're looking to turn around a product, they're looking to have this thing and to be an author, to have that title, that they're trying to force this to happen in a time that's not divinely aligned for them. So it's all about, do you want a project or something for now that you're disconnected with because it was really surfaced when you wrote it? Or do you want something that you can stand behind? So when you're having conversations, these conversations are substantial. These conversations are resonating with the people that you're talking to. And when you have something as substantial as nonfiction brand, when you have things like that, you have conversations, the conversations and feedback you get from other people actually broaden you because they're getting a context for you through this work that's substantial, that 
is something that you can go on and talk about forever because it continues to reinvent itself each and every time you have a person that has their unique experience with it. Is that what you want in a project or do you just want something to say you're an author, right? So me, because I'm extra like that, <laughs> yeah. I want you to have that, that, that project where you're like, wow, I didn't even know that was in me. And now every time people experience you in that work, you get to receive and experience a different uh, layer of yourself that now you can add to conversations. Those are those workshops that are outside of the book. Those are those different products that you might have that are related to the book. That's the type of work that I like to do with the people when I'm coaching rather individually. I want you to have something outside of you that you can connect to in that way, but also in terms of authors. That's the stuff that makes life worth living. That's that foundation that you can scale upon. So see, we're like here. We're I know. Here with it. I know. And <laughs> evidently we're not alone because I'm pulling up a comment from LinkedIn. Joe Warbington writes in saying discovery and intention is greater than checklists. And yes. I think that's a really great formulation for what we we're talking about, which is you have to go through intensive discovery because you have sincere intentions to create something real. It's This is not about, like, I've always had a problem with SEO, search engine optimization. I'm a writer, right? I write to be understood and enjoyed and engaged with by human beings. So SEO, and this is unfair, there are plenty of great SEO people out there, and if I'm painting with too broad a brush, forgive me. But for me, search engine optimization has been to remove the humanity out of words so that the technology can triumph. And I hate that because I am carbon-based, not silicon-based, as are all right. human beings. We are human beings. We respond to things biologically. We respond to things psychologically. We respond within our societies sociologically. And those things, you know, AI keeps getting better and better. But yeah. until AI creates a symphony as good as anything written by Johann Sebastian Bach, I'm going to listen to most artificial intelligence created music and go, oh, wow, that does not sound real. It does not sound human. And one of the things that he does so well is accept its imperfections or even prefer imperfections. Because yeah. uh, again, obviously you can see behind me, I'm into music and stuff. I can tell the difference between computer generated music or computer quantized music. Like if you take any band that you love and put up their waveforms on GarageBand or Logic Pro or something like that, and then line up beats, 100% quantized, you will see that the human performances are never right on the beat. Yep. The coolest jazz is always a little behind the beat. The hottest, you know, heavy metal is always in front of the beat. And then you've got the funkiest players who are playing around with that. The yeah. beat is, is, is almost like a suggestion. It's, it's yeah. not a rule or a mandate. It's a, yeah, this is a one. Get me back to the one, James Brown. Where's the one? I can't hear the one. I need to hear the one. Why? Because yeah. everything hinged off him knowing where the one beat was. But what he did with everything else was electric. Yes. And he embraced everything that he actually was. And that's why he's one of the greats of all time. And he is a one of one brand. Yep. You know, that's what we're talking about here. 
and Tara Lynn. So who do you best serve? Is there a demographic or a type of person that most resonates with what you do and how you do it? Creatives specifically. Men and women, it's about an even split. Now, when it comes to if I'm dealing with authors, the age range is it's all over the place with that. I've had as young as 25 on up to maybe like 60 plus. When it comes to coaching specifically, men and women attracted to me about probably like 35 to 55, somewhere in that range. Typically, it's um, entrepreneurs, creatives. Creative people love me. <laughs> they just do. So, yeah. That's that's typically those who are attracted to me. The ones that really like to think outside of the box and creatives tend to be very ambitious. They're much more malleable than other folks. You know, because they're creative, everything doesn't have to be defined in a certain space. You can push them a little bit more. So that's not to say that I haven't coached other folks from all different walks of life, but just as a general scope of things, Typically, entrepreneurs, creatives, a lot of artists, music, or a lot of painters too, which is which is always fun. You know, their their perspective, especially when it comes to authors, painters, they have a very bright way of expressing how they feel, which is always fun. But yeah, I could you see I could babble on and off and go over on that. <laughs> really, I think the gift with what it is that I do is being privy to all of these different intricate spaces of people's stories within their life. So much fun. It's so much, it's like kids at Christmas. I get hooked on the idea of a new story, be it if you're an author or me just coaching you, because that's really what it is. I help people to navigate the stories of their life. I help for them to make sense of the commonality the challenges that come with navigating human emotion and how sometimes who we are as creatures of spirit can di can become disconnected from that. That piece right there is something that is the gift that give keeps on giving. I just love what it is that I do, but I digress. <laughs> no, it makes total sense because you've you've defined your audience in a very effective way, which is the the creative soul. Yes. Doesn't matter age, doesn't matter gender doesn't matter demographic background. If you have a truly creative soul, uh, the soul of a creative seeker, you're going to love Tara Lynn Michelle because she's clearly both that velvet glove coach. You know, she's got that velvet glove on to give you the back rub, but I guarantee you there's a slap on the butt coming right behind it if you aren't doing the do to get the stuff done. I've been called the velvet hammer. Yeah, well, exactly, because... That's what you have to be. You've, you've got to have that accountability built in. And speaking of which, you've got a number of ways for people to engage with you, not the least of which is your The Grind Defined podcast. Where can people find that Grind Defined podcast and what does it, what's it about? Why should they listen? Oh, The Grind Defined. First of all, you should listen because there's a, I'm a former indie recording artist and spoken word artist. <laughs> So the Grinder Find is a very melodic, intoxicating atmosphere that's set to a lot of original tracks, spoken word, poetry, storytelling. But you should listen to the Grinder Find if you're looking for a space to make sense of a lot of different challenges that we have and not just sense of those things just in everyday life. How to make a connection spiritually to some of the things that you deal with every day. It could be relationships. It could be money. It could be a lot of different things, but just like... With DP, I have amazing folks that I have conversations with 
where we talk a little bit about some of the areas in which they've had to define their grind of their own life, as well as me leading some discussions individually that have to do with various topics. So if you're someone who's looking for a unique spin on being able to connect to yourself spiritually and a different perspective for challenges, then you're definitely going to want to, want to check out The Grind Defined. You can do that at thegrinddefined.com. I'm syndicated on all major platforms, any app, Spotify, Apple, you can check me out there. And then uh, also, if you're interested in connecting with me regarding coaching for yourself, terrellandmichelle.com is how you would do that. And you can connect to both of my from either thegrinddefined.com or terrellandmichelle.com. If you're watching the live stream, you can see Terrellyn spells her first name T-A-R-A-L-Y-N. And Michelle is spelled the traditional way, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E. And that's how you can find her. As you can tell, she's got a, a great spirit and I think a wonderful point of view. I think that's probably because we agreed so darn much that I like you so much. But there's a reason for that. I think it's because we're both about getting rid of the artifice so you can get to the truth of who you actually are and then focus on that so you can present yourself in a way that is truly authentic to what you best offer other people. So check out the Grind Defined podcast wherever you find podcasts are free. And also check out Tara Lynn at TaraLynnMichelle.com. That's T-A-R-A-L-Y-N-M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E. Well, that's it for this week on the Nonfiction Brand Podcast. I'm, as always, your host, D.P. Knuton, and she is... Carol and Michelle. <laughs> and I'll be talking at you again next week. Bye-bye.